Hey there, language hackers. Shannon Kennedy here with episode 15 of the Language Hacking Podcast. In this episode, Benny Lewis and I talked to Debs, who we first met when she joined our course, The Courage to Speak, and then had the opportunity to see her really come into her own as a French speaker in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. She's since gone on to share her experience and enthusiasm for language learning as a coach for the challenge. In our chat with Debs, we cover the power of learning a language with friends, how to build confidence in your languages, and the dangers of comparison. We also chat about why it's important to share both the ups and downs of your language learning. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. If you want to look up any of the resources we talk about, you can find out more in the show notes at languagehacking.com slash 15. And one last thing, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com slash review. It really helps us spread the word about language hacking. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. And I am here, as always, with my co-host, Shannon. Hello. And today we're interviewing Deborah. Hey. So, Deborah, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm quite I'm quite good. I'm as nervous as heck, but I'm I'm good. Oh, don't you worry about it. Don't worry about it. We we want to hear all about your story. So could you tell us how you got into language learning? What's what's the history there? Uh, that That is a long history. So I will shorten it as much as I can. But it started in high school um, when I was 13. And um, I heard some senior students speaking in French. They were doing a play. And I was hooked from that moment on. Um, and then over the years, it was basically sort of after high school, it was um, I'd do a course and then i get sidetracked, I'd do a course and then work interfered, I'd do a course, I'd lose interest, I'd, you know, and something new and shiny came on and long and I wanted to do that. And then fast forward right through to 2012, I, um, I picked up a book and I cannot remember the name of it, but it was a, about a woman who just decided she wanted to learn French and so she went to the Alliance Française in Melbourne and um, my next-door neighbour had just come back from a trip to France and she's a real Francophile. She loves everything French. So uh, I said to her, why don't we learn French together? And she just went, yes. And so uh, it, it just sort of started from there. And uh, I went to I went to the Alliance Française here in Sydney for a bit. Um, I tried a, a couple of other courses and then I actually found a language school in the building where I work, um, which was really good. Um, but I found that I was just not good in the classroom. Um, that that whole environment just, just didn't suit me because I was the quiet one at the back, didn't want to talk. Um, the moment the teacher asked me something, I would forget and I would panic. And um, there'd be always that that other that you know that one other person in the classroom that knows everything and jumps in and talks over the top of you. And there's that one other person that argues every grammar point with the teacher. And I thought this isn't working. Um, and but I didn't know what else to do. Uh, and um, and then my husband brought me home um, your book, Benny. Um, he uh, he works in publishing, so he sort of gets to sort of uh, know all the 
all the books and everything like that and brings home things for me. And so he brought home the, the Fluent in Three Months book. And so I, um, I ate that up. And then realised there was this whole online community out there of language learners and I thought, how did I not know about this? So it was through that that I um, found out about italki and um, so um, I, uh, I tried a few different tutors and found one that I really, really loved and I managed to find a... Um, a language exchange partner who's become kind of like a friend. So he and I have been speaking every week for the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, and it's been great. So I've gone from there to learning Italian as well because um, because why not? Because it's, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and that's it really. That's sort of really, really, really condensed version of my language story. So at the moment, you're currently one of our language coaches for the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, but that's not actually how I met you. I met you in The Courage to Speak, and that's, of course, on building your confidence in speaking your new language. So you've gone from someone who initially maybe struggled with confidence and having the courage to speak to being someone who's actually a coach and a leader in the language realm. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey for you and some of the things that you've done to build your confidence in your languages. Oh, yes, that was... um. That was quite a, a leap forward for me because, um, yeah, I I had this I had this big fear of speaking. I really wanted to speak. Uh, I so wanted to speak, um, um, and I just couldn't. I'd be terrified. My heart would be going, and and um, I'd open my mouth and a squeak would come out, and so then I'd just clamp my mouth quickly and run away, um, and. Yeah, just through lots of um, lots of googling, searching the uh, looking through the Fluent Three Months website, um, I came across all the courses, and this one really popped out at me. Was encouraged to speak, and I thought, "Oh God, that's me." So I I did the course, and um, that that really I don't know that just seemed to be a, like a corner that I that I turned when um when I did that course because. Um, I was watched your videos, Shannon, and here's this here's this woman who could speak all these languages, and yet she had the same fear that I had, and um, it was just so relatable. And so I thought, oh my god, if you know, she can do it. She's she's as scared as I am, and yet she's doing this. So you know, why and I why can't I do this? So um, so I went through all the modules and and um, really really just sort of worked worked on that, worked on myself, worked on what was holding me back, why was I afraid, all this sort of this sort of business. And then I just sort of, you know, it wasn't like an overnight thing, but um, as I worked through the modules, I just, I got braver and braver and braver until, um, until I got to the point where I had, uh, I was on a family holiday overseas with my father and my stepmother and I did a little side trip just by myself to Paris and I just started speaking French. And, and I thought, look at me, <laughs> so I'm speaking French in Paris. They're answering me in English, but they're understanding me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, yeah it, was, it, it was fantastic. I actually sort of had no words um, to do that. And it was after doing the Courage to Speak course when I did my first um, Add One Challenge. Because I wanted to take it further, because I just got really, really excited about that. Um, 
yeah, it was, uh, I actually don't know what else to say about it. It was just, it, it was a game changer. So clearly the, the online community has uh, made a big difference to you and you've, um, you've kind of started to understand how other language learners work in becoming one yourself. And like you said, you, you got a bit of inspiration from my book. You got inspiration from Shannon's story. And now you yourself are indeed transforming into the polyglot you always were meant to be. Yes. <laughs> I'm very curious to hear how has this, um, online community influenced your transformation? Like how have the, uh, others you've interacted with as you've seen and maybe, maybe seen it taken down from this pedestal of this unachievable thing that you've done it yourself? Like how has that transition worked for you? Um, it, well, you actually described it really well, um, because I used to always put people who could speak more than one language up on a pedestal. I thought they're amazing. You know, I can never be like that. And then I realized that, um, everybody is the same as me. You know, everybody starts from somewhere and everybody's just as scared as I am. Um, um, it's just how you deal with that and what you do with that and, um, how you work through it. So the online community I found vastly different from the classroom because, as I said, in the classroom, there's the teacher there giving us the lesson and there's the students trying to impress the teacher and there's the scared, quiet ones at the back. Um, and that was the group I was in. Um, but here's everyone online sort of saying um, things like, oh, yeah, I had a really bad day today. You know, I, I couldn't do any language because, you know, my daughter was sick or, you know, um, I really rocked it today. I had a I had a lesson and um, I was able to speak the entire way through and lots of stages in between. And um, it, it's just sort of sharing the ups and downs. I'm able to share the the roller coaster um, of learning a language more online than I could in the classroom because um, for some reason in the classroom everyone had their their walls up and their their facades and and trying to be you know, sort of put on this image of um, I'm a great student whereas online you're seeing everyone's vulnerabilities everyone's talking about what's going on in their lives as well as learning a language and um, how, how their lives are impacting their language learning and, and um, particularly sort of being confined and all at the moment. Um, I found people are a lot, a lot more open, uh, I guess. It's, um, that's, I guess that's how it's influenced me. Um, I appreciate people's honesty and, um, and it sort of enables me to be, to be honest back. So um, I don't know if that's answered your question well. but Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. As a, one of the coaches in the community, you also have the unique advantage of kind of getting a bird's eye view of a lot of what everyone is sharing. So I'm curious to know if you've noticed any trends or not necessarily trends, but any sort of um, common problems that language learners face. Yes, and they're ones that I face myself. So the comparison one. Comparison one is huge. Um, everyone's learning journey is different, and that's another big thing I had to learn. But um, and I used to compare myself to people who were a bit better than me, and um, all the time. And I've actually sort of coached a couple of people in the in the group about this to say that you know what, there's always going to be someone who's a bit better than you, and there's always going to be someone who's not at your level yet, and and they're looking up at you, thinking, you know, why can't I be like them? Um, and that, that's a really uh, big challenge for um, a lot of the challenges. There's that comparison thing, um, and overwhelm. 
is another one that I've noticed is um they get uh, there's so there's so many things out there now to help you learn a language that you can get overwhelmed by them all you know you have ten different apps on your phone and and you're in all these groups and forums and you've got a library full of books and and you don't know where to start. It's, yeah, that, um, so again, I've sort of said to people, you know, that's happened to me too and what I do now is I have two at a time, <laughs> two apps on my phone, two books that I'm working through, so yeah, that, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think they're the biggest two um, that I've faced. For the issue of comparison, you said that you've been kind of coaching a couple of learners through that particular challenge and that it's something that you can relate to. So I'm curious to know, could you let us know what your advice was to those challengers? Yeah, just basically, uh, basically yeah, just what, I, what um, I said before, because that was something that um, I learned myself. So I just sort of kept using myself as a as an example, um, you know, that uh, I've had... Um, I've looked at people and thought, I've been learning French longer than them. Why can't I speak as good as they can? And then the next day I'll be helping um, someone in my dream team, for example, and she'll say to me, you're so fluent. I wish I could speak like you. I, wow. <laughs> it's sort of, actually, you know, I, I, yesterday I was in your seat. So I, I say that to them. I said, yeah, I said that um, everyone's at a different level. And uh, those that are just beginning or not feeling that confident that have put you up on the pedestal and think that you're amazing. And then there's others who you look at and think they're amazing. Why can't I be like them? So what you need to learn is, um, and this is a great quote I got from one of the other coaches, is that their language journey is none of my business. So, yeah, I'm doing this at my own speed you're doing that at at your own speed and you're what you're doing is okay what you're doing is great your speed is fine because it's perfect for you so yeah um don't you worry there's someone out there looking at you thinking why why can't i speak like why can't i speak like that person um and just sort of just kept reinforcing that i guess um unfortunately i don't have any great techniques but i have lots of empathy And um, I'm curious to hear how would your uh, strategy have uh, evolved since you um, are taking on Italian as uh, your latest uh, challenge? Like when you first started uh, after getting past the classroom and when you first started learning French in online communities, how would you say your current experience, your new challenge with Italian is different because of what you learned from the French challenge? I get, I went into Italian with less expectations of myself, knowing that um, it yep yeah, it's not easy, um, and but also knowing that um, that I just need to find what works for me. Um, uh, oh, that was another thing that a lot of challenges face. So trying to be like someone else. Oh, they're speaking really well, and and they're using this tool, this tool, and this tool. So I'll use those three. Um, I, when I started Italian, I already knew what worked for me for French. So I tried that with Italian and some things worked and some things didn't. And I was able to let the things that didn't work for Italian go and look for something else. And I think I was just a lot easier on myself um, uh, when it came to Italian, um, which was funny because we were overseas um, just before Christmas in Italy and in Belgium and I actually had an easier time speaking Italian. I think it was because I was just kind to myself from the very beginning 
Um, I didn't compare myself to anyone else. So I was able to sort of get into the, the full on three, um, full three months community with Italian, say, hey, I'm a beginner and, um, and that's okay. I can say three words and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, sort of, I just went from that, that attitude. Um, and it, it really made a difference. And I thought to myself, God, I wish I had done this to myself, you know, when I was learning French. Um, it, it would have made, it would have saved a lot of years of life just by being kinder to myself. So, um, what it sounds like you've learned a lot of things having gone through this process with more than one language at this point and having gone through more than one challenge as well. What would you say that the biggest thing you got out of the challenge itself was in your learning? Because the other challenge I got was actually um, nothing to do with languages. It was a love of the community, um, which which I kind of became addicted to because it was like we were a village of these language learners that all thought the same and understood each other. And um, yeah, it was um, it, it was great, particularly for my first my first challenge. Um, I had a couple of really bad slumps, things sort of not related to language at all, but really influenced my my um my learning process. So um, I reached out to the community and just typed in a message, hi, I'm about to have a lesson, but I've had this really bad day and I've had this, 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 this and happen. And um, I'm really nervous and I can't remember anything. And then and then did my lesson because it, you know there wasn't enough time for people to respond and when I looked at the post later after the lesson there were all these responses of just all this love and support and sort of even sharing the anger with me <laughs> yeah, about the things that happened and um and it was so heartwarming yeah and and the um on the other end of the scale when I had something really amazing happen um I was able to share it and and everyone was so happy for me, you know. So, I mean, you sort of, I say to people around here, oh, I had this, this great day. I was able to, to speak French to someone at work and it really, really helped them. And they, and they go, oh, that's nice. Good for you. So, but I put it into the, the community and I just got all these, these amazing responses back and people sort of giving claps and high fives and doing little dance emojis and, and all, all these things. And it was, I was able to celebrate it more with, um, with the fellow challengers. And so the community, I think, is probably the biggest, the biggest thing for me because the language part of it is my personal sort of my personal journey, you know, of, of learning French and Italian. Um, but the, the community is, is the big wider thing that I, I really, really love that sort of supports me and helps me along. Um, so if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned just there that uh, you got to use your French at work. So obviously it's great to, to feel as you have your language exchanges, you'll feel your progress and you can um, share your, your wins and even your down points with the community. But it feels like you're actually genuinely using French in the real world. And I'm curious, like other than visiting France, obviously, I'm curious, how have you used it at work? Um, it, it doesn't happen very often, but it, it's, um, it's really cool when it does happen. Um, we, um, because I work, I work in a doctor's office, so I'm at the front desk. So, um, in Sydney, there's 
there's a lot of international uh, travelers, expats, working visas, etc., um, and they need to they need to see a doctor. And and most of the time their English is really good, but occasionally um, I come across someone whose English is only so so, and I hear a French accent, and so I'll just start speaking to them in French. Uh, and they're always really really grateful. There was one that I was able to help him fill out a um, health insurance form. Um, and he was there with his girlfriend and um, I was talking to him and, and um, saying well, this means this so you know you need to fill in these details I was saying all this in French and afterwards he went to his girlfriend and he, I heard him say to her in French it's okay that lady speaks French and I thought oh <laughs> Yeah, that that was sort of really, really lifted me up. And um, there was another time where uh, I got an email from someone sort of asking a couple of questions and she wrote at the bottom of the email, please excuse my bad English. Yeah, I, I don't speak English well. And so I responded to the email saying, what language do you speak? Um, maybe I can help you. And she came back and said, I speak French. And so I, I said to her, if you like, you can call me. I said, my friend, I'm not fluent, but I, I may be able to help you. So, so she called and speaking French on the phone is really hard. <laughs> really, really hard. I, I found out, but I, uh, I was able to understand enough of her. Um, I, asking her to please slow down and she understood me enough so I was able to answer her questions and give her the information she needed to decide whether or not she wanted to make an appointment uh, and again that was really really cool really cool and um that yeah and it, it was nice because I had my colleagues sitting next to me going look at you are <laughs> you polyglot and uh, yeah and so I thought oh I am yeah it was yeah it was a really really nice feeling you had spoken about how it's wonderful how to have the community to kind of share your ups and your downs. But I know um, from being in the community with you that there have been other stories that you've shared as well. And in particular, there's one very amusing story that I'd kind of like you to share on the podcast as well about an unexpected visitor during one of your language exchanges. Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean the eight-legged visitor? Uh, yes, yes, that was um, that was quite experience. I've actually never heard from that woman again. Um, it was a, a set up sort of like a friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing that's trying to improve her, his French, trying to improve her English, and sort of somebody said to her, "Oh, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who speaks French," and he goes, "Always looking for an exchange partner. I'll put you in touch." So. So we did. So um, uh, I took my laptop, my laptop uh, outside because um, it was a nice day and um, we sort of set up the talk. We started talking and it was going along okay. We're doing the, you know, oh, where do you live? I live in Sydney and it's a beautiful day and all sort of thing. And then <laughs> what I have learned is to check my surrounding area immediately before I, I do a chat um, uh, because what happened was uh, as I was talking, I had my laptop on a little table and these legs just started to slowly crawl over the top of my screen, my, my laptop screen. And I just sort of went, I just sort of froze and I'm thinking, oh, holy cow, you look, you look really big. And it's sort of slowly hauled itself over. It was a very, very, very big um, huntsman spider, which are harmless and very timid, actually, but looks so damn ugly that they're kind of like hysteria-inducing. <laughs> they, they grow to huge, huge proportions. And this was um, 
this was a biggie. And it, it slowly sort of pulled itself over onto my screen. And I just sat there and looking at this monster on my screen. I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? But um, and, and she's saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Because she couldn't see it. Uh, and I just, I didn't know how to respond. I was just sort of going, um... And then it moved and it moved over the camera. So she saw the underbelly of this thing and she just swore <laughs> and shrieked, swore and took off. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and I just started laughing. I didn't know what else to do. There's this huge spider on my camera and, and my language exchange partner had taken off and I've never heard from her since. And, um, and I thought, okay, so I just sort of gingerly took my laptop and sort of flicked the spider off into the garden. And, um, and I thought, how am I going to explain that to people? I have no idea. I, I didn't know what to do and I couldn't stop laughing. And that's why I shared it on the community because I thought, I, I need to debrief. So I just started typing this story into into the community. It's, it was um, possibly the, the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me during a language exchange. It's very appropriate that, uh, of course, one of our Australian community members is attacked by some some random animal or insect. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, yeah. They're they're very they're very scary looking, and um, yeah, I haven't heard from this woman since. So uh, yeah, I think I've damaged her in some way. <laughs> and um, you've uh, you've helped the community in other ways, like as well as sharing these uh, fun stories. You've also been making a few how-to videos, and I think uh, one of them was on how to like a a kind of a speaking topic mind map. Could you kind of Explain uh, for anyone who's who, who themselves would be worried that they wouldn't be able to come up with good speaking topics. Um, what would you advise? Yeah, um, this was this was something uh, an idea that my um, husband came up with because I still have a thing about talking on the camera. I um I, I like even now when I make my videos for the challenge, um, I think, okay, I'll talk about this and I rehearse it in my head and the camera goes on and I forget absolutely everything. And I got so frustrated with myself, I actually vented this out to my husband who sat down and um, sort of helped me draw. It was kind of like a mind, like a mind map, but I nicknamed it a tree because to me it looked like a tree of different branches going off. So I sat down and, and um, we drew this sort of very, very, very basic tree, which is just like a lot of lines branching off each other. And one branch would be all the greetings because sometimes I'd even forget greetings. You know, I, I travel and speak and everything like that all day long and I come home and make a video and can't think of two words. So um, so I have greetings and um, responses to greetings on one branch and another branch. A few basic things about the weather. Um, it's, you know, it's nice, it's windy, it's hot, it's cold. Another branch I put um, just sort of general, you know, what I did on the weekend kind of um, kind of things. And so I'd write, I went, I did, I ate, we went, you know, all these sort of things in, in the past tense so I wouldn't be sitting there trying to conjugate verbs in my head. And then, um, and then what I did is I'd write all things on post-it notes this was the main body and then I'd write on post-it notes um, things I did during the week or any relevant big news that was happening at the moment, just a, a few sentences and I'd sort of stick that and that would be another branch that was always changeable. And so I would be able to sort of quickly look down and sort of um, as I'm doing a language exchange um, or um, making a video, I'd sort of quickly look down and think, oh, what am I going to say now? 
oh, yes, that's right, I'm talking about that thing that happened today at the beach, and yeah, that kind of thing. And then the the next week, so, as I said, I use this for my language exchanges as well, um, the next week I would take that post-it note off and I'd write up the latest thing that was happening. Uh, and, yeah, I, I find that has worked quite well. And I've actually done a couple of experiments where I've tried to do a, a weekly video a couple of times without it. And I would forget what I want to say. So I'd go back to using my little tree and, um, and I'd be okay. Um, so even, I think you, I even say on the video, I'm just checking my notes just so people know what I'm doing. The, uh, the other thing I used to do too is to actually stick post-it notes all over my screen so I could look at that as well. Uh, so I did a video about it because I sort of tried it a few times and it actually helped so much. And my language exchange partner said that um, those weeks that I was using it, oh, yeah, you're speaking really confidently this week. I thought I'd make a video to try and share it. And I think it's been shared a few times in the in the community, so which is, which is good. Outside of these mind maps and sticky notes, what are your other some of your other favourite language learning rituals or activities? Yeah, anything that you kind of do with routine or regularity? I think my, my most... My favourite one is um, listening time in the com- my um, doing the commute to work because it's thirty minutes of uninterrupted listening time. So uh, that's I, I really um, I really like that. And um, there's one thing I've learned is how to utilise time that, that you have to sort of help with language learning. So um, if I'm on the bus, I'll listen to podcasts, and if I'm in the car, I'll listen to um, an audio book where I can repeat or a, or a CD. Um, I don't know if I have any sort of um, language learning uh, rituals. I don't have a routine. <laughs> my life is not a routine. Um, yeah, my, my routine is to use what time I have. The commute The commute is a big one. Um, I like to read. So I've got a, a few. I haven't found any books in Italian yet that I want to read, but I've got a few French ones and I like to sort of read those at night before going to bed. I like to use my um my days off in the morning for my lessons when I'm fresh. I find I'm better in the mornings than the afternoons. I think sort of um, my habits and my routines are just sort of being inventive with what time I've got. Singing a French song in the shower. <laughs> so there's another one. Um, I actually, I've made a playlist of my favourite French songs and I've learnt the lyrics to them and I like to play them in the car too and um, I've called that my Belt Out Songs, Belt Out Songs Badly playlist um, because I can't sing. Uh, yeah, just sort of finding any way to sort of get a little bit of language in, apart from my um, regular language exchange on a Sunday night and um, my lesson every week. And uh, out of as well as like all of these uh, routines that you've built up, I think you've definitely transformed your entire language learning philosophy over these last few years. So I'm curious if you could summarize for us effectively. Um, we always, since this is the language hacking podcast, we always like to ask people what they understand as language hacking. So given this transformation you've made, how would you define language hacking? I, I would define it as thinking outside of the box and using, using what time you have. And I sort of, uh, and there's, there's so many sort of different techniques out there. So um, just sort of think, what, what can I do to just sort of touch on, on my language? I've gone from thinking the only way I can learn is in a classroom and in and grammar books uh, because I work different shifts. So, for example, I'm a shift worker. So some days I will um, I listen 
during to work and going to work and back, but that's all I can do because I'm doing a really long shift and I'm tired. Um, some days it's uh, I've, I've got an afternoon free, I'm going to um, read my book uh, or I've got a lesson on. So it's sort of using what sort of finding out what tools are out there, finding what works for you uh, as well, um, standing, um, standing in a queue playing on um, Duolingo or Drops. They're my two favourites at the moment. Uh, what else? Uh, I like to bake, so I print off a recipe in French. Look up the words I don't know. Um, I've learnt that the hard way. Look up the words you don't know <laughs> and, um, and and make something using a recipe in your target language. Uh, all, all these sort of little hacks. So these are all things I, I picked up from um, from the book, from listening to other other challenges, what they do. Walking around the house, talking to myself in the phone and then playing it back and see how appalling my accent is and then doing it again. <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's so, um, yeah, unfortunately I, I have, I'm not a, I'm not a creature of routine because my, um, my job sort of dictates that. But um, it, it's just finding pockets of time where um, I can do something inventive. Yeah, it sounds like uh, absolutely embracing the hacking philosophy if you really integrated it into your life so much that, like you said, you, you'll cook in the language, you'll talk to yourself in the language, you'll make it take over your commute. Those are all excellent ways to, to sprinkle it into your day, even if you have a busy, hectic day that you can't rely on a consistent routine for. So I really like that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And what are your current projects? What are you working on at the moment? Um, so I'm just about to finish one of the challenges in French and um, then I want to do another one in Italian to sort of ramp that up a bit. And then I want to learn Welsh um, because my father is Welsh and I really want to sort of explore my sort of family origins and I think learning the language is a really good way of doing that. Um, so they're, they're my three big projects for the year. Well, luckily, the language community has plenty of people actually learning Welsh, so you'll certainly find inspiration there. <laughs> yes, yes. I've been surprised at how many Welsh learners are out there, which is really good. I've been taking lots of notes of things that they do and, and websites that they use and things like that. So. Excellent. Well, this has been very interesting. I mean, we appreciate you sharing your story with us, and um, I'd be looking forward to seeing how you do in this next challenge. Oh, thank you. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All of the links and resources mentioned in this podcast will be available to you in the podcast notes for this episode. So don't worry if you weren't able to write everything down. And of course, if you would like to try out some of these language hacking techniques yourself, you can visit the Fluent in Three Months website and sign up for our free week long course, Speak in a Week. That's fluentinthreemonths.com slash join specifically. Thank you, Deb, for joining us and for sharing your story, as Benny said. My pleasure. And uh, for those of you listening, happy language learning. Learning. Happy language learning and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Hey there, it's Shannon here. To close out this episode, I wanted to share something Debs mentioned during our chat that stood out to me. She brought up how important it is to share both the ups and the downs of your language learning and I feel it's something that deserves a little more spotlight. With social media, it's often easier to share positive moments wanting to mask our struggles or mistakes. 
But by sharing those very things we avoid talking about, we open ourselves up to getting support and encouragement where we need it most. Independent language learning doesn't mean you need to go it alone. And if you want help finding a community where you'll get that support, why not join us in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, where you'll be coached by me and our incredible team of community coaches like Debs. You can find out more at fluentin3months.com slash challenge. Thanks for listening and have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.